0: Welcome to Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters. I'm Michonne Boston. And I'm Tequina Boston. We're your hosts and real life sisters who binge on historical
1: drama. We'll talk about films, fictional adaptations, and dramatic series as windows to the past and mirrors of the present. So fill your
0: teacup or mug with your favorite sip as we explore what's fact, what's fiction, and the so what on Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters.
1: I'm Michonne Boston. And I'm Tequina Boston. Welcome to Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters. Listen to past episodes and sign up for our newsletter on our web page at michonnebostongroup.com backslash bostonsisters to stay up-to-date on new episodes and bonus content. For
0: our third season, we welcome back Suzanne Simpson, executive producer of the PBS drama series Masterpiece and Masterpiece Mystery. Suzanne is giving us a preview of new and continuing dramas with a special focus on the World War II series World on Fire, now in its second season on PBS Masterpiece. World on Fire tells the story of World War II through the eyes of ordinary people fighting for freedom. Season one ended with multiple cliffhangers. Harry, once an interpreter in Warsaw, takes on a dangerous mission in now-Nazi-occupied Poland. His wife, Kasia, who refused to flee Poland with Harry and her younger brother, has joined the resistance movement to free her country through lethal cloak and dagger methods. By coincidence, Harry's mission reunites him with Kasia in Poland. They make their escape from a Nazi military ambush. Back in England, Harry's first love, Lois, gives birth to their daughter, Vera. Lois faces the challenges of single motherhood and Harry's mother, Robina, who refuses to accept her
1: grandchild. Meanwhile, the British evacuate from Dunkirk and France falls to Nazi Germany. French citizens who are North African, Jewish, anti-fascist, or anyone the Nazis deem inferior, are forced into internment camps, including Albert Falou, a jazz musician in Paris. German bombs begin to fall on England. The war continues in season two of World on Fire. It is now 1940. The fates of all the characters hang in the balance. Viewers are taken from the war-torn streets of Britain, deep into Nazi Germany, the growing resistance within occupied France, and the brutal sands of the North African desert, where troops struggle to adapt to a very different kind of combat. World on Fire is created by Peter Bowker. The ensemble cast in season two includes Academy Award nominee Leslie Manville as Harry's mother, Rubina Chase. Jonah Howard King as Harry Chase. Blake Harrison as Harry's second on the battlefield, Stan Raddings. Julia Brown as Lois Bennett. Zofia Wixlicks as Kasia Tomajewski. Parker Sawyers as the jazz musician, Albert Falou. Eugenie Derouan as the nurse and resistance fighter Henriette Gilbert, Mark Barner as Sir James Danimer, Greg Sulkin as a Jewish Royal Air Force fighter pilot named David, Ahad Rasamir as Rajiv, an Indian officer in the British Army, Miriam Shivek as a German teenager named Marga, and many others. More information on World on Fire can be found on the pbs.org Masterpiece website for World on Fire. And now, let's catch up with executive producer Suzanne Simpson about the new season of Masterpiece and Masterpiece Mystery. Welcome back, Suzanne,
0: to Historical Uh, Drama with the Boston Sisters.
2: Thanks so much for having me back. It's great to see you.
0: So this is like an annual tradition now um, Will you give us a preview of what's coming up on PBS Masterpiece and PBS Masterpiece C- season. Um, we're now at 20, 23, 24. And I know that um, we have some anticipated changes that have already been announced for some of the dramas, such as new cast members for All Creatures Great and Small, um, what's coming up next for Eliza Scarlet on Miss Scarlet and the Duke, and a new vicar and in Grantchester. You want to give us some highlights?
2: <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm so glad you're you're talking about these because, you know, they've um, some of them have been such great shows for us, like All Creatures, Great and Small. And uh, you know, things are, are are changing a little bit there as, you know, World War Two comes to the Yorkshire Dales. And um, you know, we've got some changes with. I think you know that Helen is pregnant and James has signed up for the RAF. So, what's going to happen there? I know there's a new character that we're introducing to everybody who's a lot of fun, who's kind of unexpected and who kind of shakes up the household uh, there. But again, the the reasons why people like all creatures great and small it's all still there. It's still the community of the household and the setting and the warmth and humor of the show. So that all continues even, even better
0: with some new characters now too. And there's a new series or drama you're introducing called Nolly, which is a biopic of sorts. Can you tell us about that?
2: It is. Um, One of the things that got us very interested in the show is that Helena Bonham Carter plays the lead character. And she is Noelle Gordon, who was a British television soap star for a series that came out of northern England called Crossroads. And even though it was a smaller, less well-funded show than something like Coronation Street that a lot of people have heard of, it was Nolly Noel who won all of the big acting prizes every year for being the best actress in a soap opera. So she was quite well known. She was a very, very big star. And this was kind of an untold story in film. And Russell, uh, Russell T. Davies, who's written a lot of things like Doctor Who, came across this story and just felt like he wanted to tell it. And it's how she became this great star, but she was always being challenged by the men at her station until, and I don't want to give away the story, just to say that watching her go through that and fighting for her career and fighting for her reputation. And in the end, you know, she just, um, you just see how much strength she has, and how much talent she has. And uh, she just, you know, she's a very inspiring character. And that's that. And, you know, who doesn't want to watch Helena Bonham Carter in an inspiring role? So I think, uh, that was a show that once we saw it, we just thought, you know, we kind of have to have it.
1: Yeah. Well, um, World on Fire, I remember watching it with my PBS passport and right. uh, I, I couldn't stop. Um, it. Unlike a lot of historical dramas that people watch for escapism and the pretty costumes and the, you know, nostalgic sets and stuff. World on Fire is this gripping World War II series. It, it was so riveting, I just couldn't mm. stop watching it. And then when season one ended, I was like, oh my God, what's gonna happen to all mm. these characters? Because it is how the war the impact of the war on everyday people and their lives and ways that everyday people were engaging in the the struggles against fascism. But I I was wondering, uh, what appealed to you about the World on Fire stories that that made you feel that it needed to be part of the Masterpiece series?
2: Well, you know, I think there were a lot of reasons, but maybe the foremost reason was I don't think we can tell the story of World War II and the rise of Nazism and why that happened enough. Yeah. I, I just think it's a piece of history that needs to be told uh, to every generation in whatever way uh, to help them understand how the world was at risk because of what the Nazis were trying to do. So I think the fact that Pete uh, Bowker, who is the writer has found a way to tell that story through individuals. I mean, it's it's really quite stunning. That is a very difficult thing to do to take, you know, the epic history of World War II, and condense it into the life stories of these characters. So I think he's done a really brilliant job at that, and really makes you care, and I think makes you um, more aware of what individuals, uh, the effect that the war had on individuals. And I know in the first season, you know, to see Poland invaded, I I think I had a much better understanding of how the war started. Yes. And I think in this uh, new series, one of the things that really struck me about it is that this is a point in the war when Every country in Europe is occupied by the Nazis. Every single country. And that the only holdout is Britain. So Britain, and we're not, the U.S. is not even entered into the war yet. So it's Britain against, you know, against the Nazis. And they're being bombed, you know, at home in Manchester, where part of this story takes place. And it just... It really, for me, it um, made me realize how, how, why the world admires Britain so much, that they really um, stood against the Nazis in a very strong way and helped save the world. So it's a, it's a, a message that I think is just very important, um, you know, how Britain could make such a difference, how the people of Britain and uh could make such a big difference. So that's the first, you know, piece of it that I really love. And, um, you know, I like that he's uh, brought in individuals from different countries, so yeah. that you get a sense of what was happening to different kinds of people in different places. So I I do think, um, you know, it's just done in such a, a terrific way. And Pete had done so much research going to diaries on individuals and really finding, you know, true to life stories in that way.
1: I noted the buzz on social media and the excitement that season two was coming. What's been the audience response to World on Fire?
2: Oh my gosh, they loved the first season. And that went out back in 2019. And then everybody was anticipating season two. And we got hit with COVID. And so now it's taken till now to be able to go out with the second season. But I can tell you, every time I'm in the company of PBS station managers or people who work for public television stations, the very first thing they say to me is, when is World on Fire 2 coming? Because my audience keeps asking me. <laughs> so when is this going to show up? So um, we're thrilled that people are excited about it.
0: Yeah. It definitely in season 1 when you talk about Britain was all alone in fighting back the fascism but what I liked was that they showed in season 1 how they were also vulnerable to it from within.
2: Very yes. much so. Very much so. It scary time. I mean a very scary time and I I I think our audience loves history and I I know um that it is one of the things that keeps them coming back because it it is a time that we're all try to understand in any possible way that we can
0: Suzanne we've talked with um, Sharon D. Johnson about Sanditon, which by the way is one of the most popular podcasts. The popular podcast. Yeah.
2: No. Really? It's It's at the top.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and we know that Sharon Johnson also worked on um, Tom Jones. How were scholars involved in World on Fire? You mentioned the showrunner creator did look at diaries and original documents, et cetera. Um, what were some of the contributions that scholars, or maybe even people who had stories, mm-hmm. um, contributed to the creation of the storyline and these characters that we're seeing?
2: Well, uh, Pete himself. He does a lot of research. And he also brought in an historian, a British historian, Richard Overy. And he's an expert on World War II and Germany and Nazism. And so Richard was very involved in, uh, you know, making sure that they were following what the true uh, history was of what was taking place. And this season, it's a very unusual part of the history, something that I wasn't all that, aw- I, was a, I was partially aware of it, but um, but Britain going to North Africa and trying to prevent uh, the Nazis from gaining a uh, foothold in some of the ports in the Mediterranean. And so uh, that was very important to have somebody who could be involved in t- in working with, with Pete to tell that story. And I don't know where all the characters came from. I can tell you that when Pete started this World War II series, that it started with a great aunt who he had, who during World War II was a singer in a band. And so Lois is actually based on one of his relatives. And that just started him thinking about what it would have been like for her in that time period. And then he wanted to think about what it was like for other individuals in other countries. So not just what was happening to Britain, but what was happening to individuals in other countries. I can tell you um, this season, how we usually start things is that I have a conversation with the writer and the producer at the very beginning. And what we do is we talk through the different story arcs for the characters that Pete wants to explore. And he wasn't sure that he wanted to include Lois in season two. He just couldn't think of like, well, what would she be doing? What would her story be about? And so as we started talking, I said, well, you know, my mother was involved in World War II. And she uh, volunteered for the Red Cross, and she was sent to Morocco. And her job was to help the nursing staffs triage uh, wounded soldiers coming from Italy. And he kind of took that on, and then he went and investigated uh, Army Corps like that, Similar to that in England, and found that in fact there was a core with women who did that job for the British. And so now he took on a storyline with Lois. So I I guess I feel that my mother's story has been somehow incorporated into this new season. So I think he takes ideas from anywhere.
0: (laughs) And that's what keeps um, the people who have been part of that story alive i think that's very important
2: yes yeah
0: this is a global production as you you've mentioned about um it's going to north africa it's it's there's scenes in france poland um, england what are the challenges um for producing a multinational or multilingual in this case co-production and as executive producer do you have the um I would say, uh, do you get to visit any of these places and (laughs) go on, go on set and see what's going on? You know,
2: I, I, I do, I guess I call it a privilege. I have the privilege of uh, doing set visits. And this summer I was in Dublin because we have a show with Leslie Manville called Moonflower Murders. That's the follow on to Magpie Murders and they're shooting in Dublin. And so I did have a chance to to go there and visit uh, with the producers and cast. As far as World on Fire goes, I'm I'm going to shock you just a little bit. Uh Because while it takes place in Manchester and a castle in Germany and the sands of North Africa, it actually was all shot in Northern Ireland.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We will make <laughs> we will make a note of that a place yes. to visit to see all these these locations.
2: Yes. yes. So it you know through the magic of television, um, you know one of the things that uh, producers try to do is you know if you can find a single location that can give you your studio where you can build interiors. And uh, you can use other houses and locations in the area, but you can keep your cast all together. You know, it's much more cost efficient. And in this case, um, they actually filmed the, the, the scenes in North Africa in a giant studio that they filled with sand and sandbags, yes, and had special effects with. Uh, you know, lights going off at the end of pistols and guns, you know, and things like that. And then because visual effects are so sophisticated these days, they could marry those uh, things done in the studio against a backdrop of shots that they filmed with a second unit um, against sand dunes and all that. So that's amazing. Uh, I know it is. I have to tell you, I, it makes someone like me a little nervous to see those scenes because you think, how are they ever going to look real? And then they do it and it looks great.
0: Well, kudos to the actors. How, what was the temperature in that, on that sound stage? Or? It,
2: it wasn't great. <laughs> you know, it was a little warm for everybody because, you know, they have to have a lot of lights which makes it very intense and it's very hard to both heat or cool those big studios and you can't have blowers on when you're filming so you know you can only cool or heat during the time when the cameras you know turned off so it's it's not the easiest kind of filming
1: yeah i guess the actors were kind of glad for the sandstorm when they probably <laughs> did have to throw on the blowers <laughs> or maybe not I don't don't know (laughs) it was a rough scene it was
2: it was challenging we can't tell too
0: much because when this podcast goes to air we'll still be in the middle of world on fire season two
1: yeah we'll give people something to look forward to So, Suzanne, on a past podcast, you mentioned Masterpiece Appeals to women viewers who like to see stories about strong, interesting women. And there are some very strong and interesting women in World on Fire. Uh, You know, um, the character Leslie Manville plays Rubina has very mm-hmm. definite views about woman's role in the war, you know, keeping everything together, stiff upper lip, She <laughs> you know, does. this is what we're fighting for. Yeah. And then you've got Cassia who wants to like go get involved and, and feels like she's on the sidelines and is just chomping at the bit to get back into the resistance. And you mentioned Lois, who even though she's a new mother, she feels that she has a a stronger uh, motivation to go out and support the war effort. So as you look at a series like this and you think about, the, you know, the images of the past of the women at home during the war <laughs> and you see these women, um, how do you see their stories kind of countering the narratives that certainly I grew up with about women and and the the
0: war? And I just want to make a note, you see none of them none of them knitting, right?
2: <laughs> none of them are knitting, are they? Yeah. No. 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 And I, I think that, you know, that's what I love about a writer like Pete Bowker. You know, from his own family, he knows how Britain contributed to the war. He knows. And you know, he went looking for those stories about Rabina. And about Kasha and about um, Lois. I mean, he went looking for them. And, you know, I think that is what I admire about some of our writers is that they don't take things at face value, that they really want to understand. They're very curious. And I think they know that there are a lot of untold stories out there still to be mined. And uh, he, he wanted the show to not just be about the male um, heroic efforts on the battlefield. And even with the character like Harry and Stan, who are that, you know, he, um, I think looks at a more complicated side of that, you know, that they were doing what they needed to do and they may have had qualms about it, they may have been scared about it, a lot of things. And I think he brings that, also that other counter narrative into the show as well, you know, so that you really understand the human side of what's going on in this war. But I think he's done a brilliant job with these characters. And I can only tell you, Leslie Manville, (laughs) in this second season is just about <laughs> as good as it gets. <laughs> I, I, she is just, phenomenal. I mean, Pete has given her just a fabulous role, and there are some scenes that are just going to knock people out, um, I think. And, you know, Pete's
1: given her some interesting people to interact with, too. So, Absolutely, yeah. Do you know who the inspiration for Henriette's character is, the nurse in The Resistance?
2: No, I wish I did, and I have thought I really need to ask Pete that because I love the actress who plays her, and I just think she's wonderful. And no, I I haven't asked directly, but now you've inspired me to go back to him and and really try to find out.
1: So we'll find out for season three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, find out
2: for season three because I hope she isn't going away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Yeah.
0: One of the countries I didn't m- mention in, when I was talking about the locations, which we now know as Northern Ireland, and that's <laughs> Germany. Uh, yeah. And um, the, the series shows how Nazi Germany – and the war are affecting German citizens and their families in season one and season two. Um, One of the threats is the Nazi emphasis on racial purity and racial eugenics. Um, In season one, there's a family who was trying to save their epileptic daughter from being killed by the Nazis who regarded persons like her as unfit. I'll put that in quotes. In this series, there's a story about a 16 year old German girl named Marga, who is selected to increase the population. And I'm gonna take a little pause there, because it's, it's, it's a really heart-wrenching story. Um, what are the historical sources for these stories? And what is the important takeaway from knowing these stories from Germany as we see on World on Fire.
2: I I think that one of the reasons um, Pete and the producers explored this story is they were trying to show that um, Nazis were not only um, really causing destruction uh, On so many people, the Jews and so many others, but they actually were causing that on their own country people. And the way this story is presented is presented as a divided family uh, where the parents see what's happening and don't necessarily agree with it. They're very afraid of what's happening. They're very afraid for their children in terms of what's happening. Yet the two younger children have really taken up the vision that the Nazis have for Germany. So I think he wanted to present that kind of divided family. Not everybody in Germany was for the Nazis, but everybody was scared of them and afraid to speak out. But the story of Margot, Um, which is based on a historical fact of, uh, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, but it's uh, Lebensborn. It was a program, um, and it was run uh, by Hitler and the Nazis with the intention of creating racial purity, and not only in Germany but in the rest of the world. And so this program uh, identified young Aryan women who were of childbearing age uh, to uh, be with Nazi SS officers. And the idea is they were going to create an elite uh, SS um, group of people uh, to continue the work that the Nazis were trying to do. And, and the program was not just taking place um, In Germany, but part of the program was they were going into places like Ukraine and selecting what appeared to be Aryan looking children, bringing them to Germany to raise them under the Nazi way so that they would become inculcated uh, in the German culture. So it was quite a widespread program. And they had this fantasy idea that somehow they were going to create an Aryan race that would rule the world. Um, but I, I just as you said, Michon, it's um, a very sad, you know, uh, thing to learn about. And I don't think many people know about it. I, I think that's one of the reasons why it was included is, um, you know, one of those stories that's not widely talked about.
0: And like you said, I, I don't think we talk about World War II enough and— only recently are we telling these stories from the different perspectives and the different chapters. And and this is one of the most disturbing ones. Yes. Um, especially as we see it unfold on World on Fire, I guess. Yes. I hope that wasn't a spoiler, but there's more to it. Than I,
2: yes. And yeah. and and I you know, we can talk about things that happen, but I think the experience of the series is to be with the characters as they experience it. And I don't think we can spoil that. I, I think people, once they start the show, um, will want to see what happens to these people and what choices they have to make.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. Which is kind of part of my next question is that every season, every moment is a cliffhanger. <laughs> and. Um, you know, the series one ended with a cliffhanger, what's going to happen to them. So we have to come to series two. And um, I know the series creator mentioned that, he said he knows what's going to happen to each character over six seasons. Will we get to see that um, all six seasons or where where, where do we stand (laughs) here? Well, you know,
2: we hope so. But um, we work in partnership with the BBC, um, the British broadcaster on this. And uh, when a show is um, really led by the BBC or ITV in the UK, they are the ones putting up the most money. And in that way, they get to make the decision about whether they want to continue the series or not. And I do know it did extremely well. Um, in the UK when it out went out this summer. And I, I can anticipate it's going to do really well for us. And I have a call set up with the BBC to talk about that, because I I do think um, it is a show worth continuing. But in this case, we don't um, get to fully make the decision ourselves. So we do
0: hope for more. Yeah, we hope for sure. Maybe the fans need to listen to our Sanditon Sisterhood <laughs> episode <laughs> for tips yes. on how to keep it going. World I know. they,
2: Those Sanditon Sisterhood, they really would like to see even more. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I hope we gave them a satisfying ending because I I loved the end of uh, season three. So I, I hope they enjoyed it.
0: Thank you, Suzanne, um, for giving our audience and us a preview of this season's dramas on PBS Masterpiece and World on Fire, which was our highlight for our conversation today. We always enjoy watching Masterpiece and highlighting, you know, what's going on with the series on this podcast. So we're looking forward to talking about what's coming up more with you and other People involved, the creators, the makers, the actors, everyone involved in the um, and series, and scholars, yeah. and <laughs> scholars. Let's not forget the scholars. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you because I, you know, I have to say your questions are always very thoughtful, and uh, you really like to delve a little deeper, and I, I really appreciate that very much.
0: Thank, and we enjoy talking about these topics with you. So, thank you again. World on Fire and other Masterpiece and Masterpiece Mystery Dramas broadcast Sunday nights on PBS. You can also stream the series on PBS Passport, the PBS Masterpiece Prime video channel, and for free for 14 days from broadcast on pbs.org backslash masterpiece.
1: We invite you to share this episode of Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters with someone you know who would enjoy the conversation. Subscribe to Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters and enjoy past episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on future episodes and bonus content. You can write us at podcast at MichonneBostonGroup.com. Like and share historical drama with the Boston Sisters on your social media. This is Michonne Boston, and this is Tequina Boston. Thank you for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters, a podcast about historical films and series dramas. Visit our webpage at mishanbostongroup.com backslash Sisters. Tell
1: us what historical dramas you're watching. Who knows, we may do a show about it. Sign up for our newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, and share it with the people you know who binge on historical drama.
0: Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters is brought to you by the Michonne Boston Group. The views and opinions expressed on historical drama with the Boston Sisters are those of the speakers and do not represent the positions or views of the Michonne Boston Group, its clients or affiliates. This is Michonne Boston. And this is Tequina
1: Boston. Thank you for listening.